Welcome to the Perfectly Integrated Podcast, hosted by Matt Ackerman, where we show the power of teamwork in wealth management. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to Perfectly Integrated. I'm your host, Matt Ackerman from Integrated Partners, and we are here live at the FPA National Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm joined today uh, my guest I'm very excited about because Bridget Grimes, she's done such incredible things already. She's working closely with women in this industry, and you know I'm very excited about it. I think that the work that you're doing is incredible, and I'm looking forward to hearing some more about it. So first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us ah, today. Matt, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about you, your journey. What made you want to become a financial advisor and uh, you know really stand out in this industry? Sure. And I think that's one of the cool things about this industry. All of us comes to it for specific reasons. So in my case, I had actually been on Wall Street right out of college, so 30-something years ago, but transitioned to cooking, whole story there, for about a decade and truly came back into finance when I got divorced. And um, at the time, I was you know, successful in my industry, but I had two little kids and I have to tell you, even when I worked on Wall Street for years, I never paid a bill. I, I, di- I didn't. I delegated it to my husband. And so when we got divorced, you know, we were living large, three country clubs, tons of money, great house, private school, you name it. And what I didn't know was that we had debt. Um, and it was an incredibly eye-opening experience. And interestingly enough. Two of my closest friends were also getting divorced at the same time. And these were women who were really successful. One was a surgeon and the other ran a media company. So we're not talking about women who, who, who were stupid. I mean, you would think that they would know better, but nobody had a plan financially. And we got together and I just said, this is not okay. You know, we don't have the time to worry about our future. We've got a million things on our plates. We're smart women and we have no clue about our future. So it was truly then that I decided I wanted to come back into finance, but in a capacity to help women like me. So it was helping them as you were looking at them as opportunities to help them as they were going to become your clients. That was really the the niche you were looking to to work with. You know, I wanted to work with women execs. Okay. Right. So these are breadwinner women. They're women who they may or may not have a partner, but it's all on them. The income that is, is going to drive their ability to pay for stuff, to save for their future, Oftentimes, they've got children that they're taking care of as well, whether they've got a partner or not. Oftentimes, they're now taking care of aging parents, but they have a ton on their plate. So it's these women who are just so focused on their career and taking care of everybody else. And how do you help them create a plan to, to actually live the life that they're working for? Mm-hmm. And that's really what I wanted to focus on. So covering the gamut of everything that affects our financial life to really say, okay, so what do you want this life to look like and how do we make that happen? And I think it's a message that really resonates, but talk to me about that, those first couple of clients. There Mm -hmm. has to be, it's interesting to me because I always think of that leap of faith, especially when you're a career changer, Mm -hmm. you know, you've you've been so successful on the cooking side, that leap of faith of, 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 of getting back into finance, what was that like for you? So I started at a wirehouse, mm-hmm. no pressure, right? They're like, okay, <laughs> here's the deal. You're going to call a million people. You know, it was about volume. Mm-hmm. But um, it was actually kind of easy for me because I chose to work with women who had very similar issues 
as women in finance, right? So probably know there's a huge issue around pay disparity in our industry. We have the worst pay disparity of any industry out there in the U.S. Believe it or not, 54 cents to every dollar a guy earns. That and their challenge within our industries in terms of moving up the food chain for leadership. I So I identified attorneys, women attorneys had very similar issues and it was really easy to relate to them and to get out there and really try to be a resource for them. So when I, I started back in the industry, I just started to be put myself out as a resource however you could. So I would write on their challenges and solutions. I would host events pretty much once a month, but I would bring in resources that would help these women professionally because there was so much on them for their professional success, right? They're breadwinner women. Um, you know, once you have a child, you're completely marginalized at your law firm. So I would bring in experts. Um, they'd be business coaches. They'd you name it, anything that we could identify that would help these women professionally. And I would have a speaker and they would come in droves. These women who get paid by the hour and every hour is precious to them, they would show up time and time again. And it's truly how I built the practice originally. That's incredible. And right away, you must have felt you were helping to really empower these women by, you know, giving them kind of both direction financially, but at the same time also, you know, giving them support and letting them know we're, we're going to, we're going to get there together. You're mm-hmm. going to make it. And, and take, going back to your personal experience, you know, getting away from that ignorance is bliss mindset, which is really where a lot of people, regardless of gender, struggle when it comes to money. Mm-hmm, for sure. You know, one of my favorite success stories, and I wrote a book about five years ago and, and she starts my book. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and here was a woman who worked at a large law firm. She was a partner and she was making money hand over fist and she was miserable. And so she engaged with me and we would meet at, you know, seven in the morning. She'd already been to the gym at five. I mean, she just was hating it. And initially I said, you know, Hey, Sophie, here's some things we need to do. Um, you know, if you ever want to get off this treadmill, there's stuff, steps we have to take. And I'll tell you, it was three years before we actually got to the point where she said, okay, I have to make a change. Let's spend some time here. And what we did was we spent time around, what do you want this life to look like? What do you really want your career to look like? And we crafted this whole Okay, she's going to leave the law firm. She's going to launch her own practice. She's going to work from another country where she and her husband wanted to move and build a house. Um, She wants the option to make significantly less money because she just wants to live. And we came up with this plan. And so as you're hearing this, it's not all about like, how do you bank bank as much money as possible? It's, It's what do you want it to look like? And then let's back into that. And believe it or not, we had said, look, if you make 150 grand a year, we're going to be okay. So she spent the next couple years saving money, beefing up her retirement accounts because she hadn't focused on that. We put money aside. They built a house in the country in which they built the house. There's no mortgages, so we need the cash to build the house. Um, she put together the business plan for the law firm she was creating. And then she moved. Five years later, she walked in, she quit, and she had a plan. And this woman is so happy and makes way more money than we ever needed her to because she's engaged and she has this life. And so this is where I think financial planning is just awesome, right? It's, it, it provides the guidance to help you live the life you want because at the end of this, you know, what is the point, right? The point Mm -hmm. is to have this great life. In your own personal journey, you start off with the wirehouse, 
did you pivot to independence as a similar journey to what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. where it was all about finding that happiness and finding your own point, if you will? Good question. I actually left the wirehouse after just a couple of years because it wasn't the right model for me. Mm-hmm. And I went to an RIA and I was part of a team of, uh, there were three of us who worked um, with women. And I specifically worked with women execs. Um, another person worked with widows. Somebody else worked with business owners. So we had our, our niche, if you will. And it was my first taste of an independent firm. And I, I loved it, right? So this was all about financial planning, whereas my prior experience had been really about just investment management. And, and it really helped me solidify who I wanted to serve, but also how. And that evolved over time. And the more I got in the weeds with, I, I was still continuing to work with women attorney partners, but now I'm working with some women in tech and, and business owners. And, you know, as we, I wound my way through these different industries, you find your passion. Um, and you also see what are those unique challenges for those women and what are the solutions that will help them get to where they want to be. So I stayed with that firm for a number of years until I got crazy frustrated. Mm-hmm. Combination of things. One was I really wanted to spend the time around some things my people needed, like budgeting, mm-hmm. cash flow. Money would come in. We don't know where it went, but it wasn't going to where it was most intentional. There wasn't time to do that. The model at that RIA was we need to bring in more business. We are obligated to have 15 20% year-over-year growth. And so as, a, as an advisor... I was tasked with bringing in clients, and I had to hand them off to junior planners. Um, And that's not why I do what I do. So a few years into that, I realized that uh, after doing a lot of due diligence, that the answer for me was to launch my own practice. And that's where Wealth Choice was born. Yes. That's It's incredible because I think we see that journey happen in this industry. I think, you know, we were talking about women in this industry, and, you know, this is a great industry for women. I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's great, uh, a great career. We're seeing career changes. We're seeing more rise women. From your perspective, why, why does, and, and from your experience, how is this such a great industry that, that for, for women as, as, as they consider careers? So it really is. I think women, most women are very compassionate, empathetic. Mm. This is an industry of listening. Obviously the numbers are critical, so you have to be really good in the finance part. But I think women are so well suited to this if you have those characteristics. And one of the things about this industry is if you have a role either in your firm or you have your own firm, you ha- can have flexibility to actually have a life. So that's one of the things that's, that's really unique. Um, it's one of the reasons I launched my own practice. I can tell you as an employee with children, I never got to see my kids. Mm-hmm. Now. I think this our industry is evolving. I think that there's enough studies that have come out to say, okay, look, if we want to retain women. These are the things we're going to need to do because it is a great industry. I absolutely love what I do. I love seeing that we make a difference in people's lives. It, it's an industry, too, that has had a difficult time of retaining amazing women to promote amazing uh, female advisors. Why is that? Why do you think this industry has struggled so much with it when it is such a great career for, for, for women? Yeah, this is a huge passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I left the RAA I worked for was, was for the reasons that we're losing women in this industry. I found out it was making 50% of what male advisors were making in that firm. 
I would work harder. My thought was, I'm just going to work harder, and then eventually they're going to pay me what I'm worth. And that never happened. The fact that there was lack of flexibility, you're supposed to be in there, you're working 24-7, and when do you have time for your family? So no, no time for balance, right? That just doesn't exist. Uh, I, I really struggled with the fact that I had wanted to move into management at that firm, and right out of the gate when I engaged with that firm, I said, this is my vision, you know, are we on the same path? Oh, you know, maybe. And at repeated meetings, it was very clear to me that that was not their vision, and, and I got really, really frustrated. And these frustrations, these are shared by a lot of women in our industry. So when I actually wanted to leave that firm, my intention was not to launch a business. I just wanted to go to another firm that got it. And I have to tell you, a year of, of researching that, nobody got it. And by def- really running out of ideas, I, I had a, a mentor, if you will, in our industry who said, Bridget, you are not going to find what you want unless you build it yourself. Now, that's not the answer for everybody, right? and that's the challenge, right? So when you ask me what are the issues for women in our industry, a really big part is the pay disparity, mm-hmm. but a huge part is just lack of balance. It's lack of, of providing a role that allows for life and business. I also think that there are no mentors for women. I have never had, you know, I, I mentioned that gentleman before. I found him when I was doing due diligence on financial planning firms across the country, and he was willing to speak to me and offer his advice. I consider that a mentor of sorts. I have never had a mentor. This industry needs women who have made it, who have experience in the industry, to reach back and say, okay, we're going to help you. We're going to help you women navigate this industry and be successful, however you define that. But it is our obligation to help these folks, because without that, we're not going to have the retention. Absolutely. I think mentorship in general is something that is really underappreciated by some folks, but but I think it's so undervalued and there's such a great opportunity. Why don't more people want to mentor? You know, I, I really don't know. I'll tell you something super exciting. So at the beginning of this year, um, a, a woman, Carrie Carbonara, great friend of mine. Love her. Love her. Um, I reached out to her because there was an article that was published um, that she wrote about what is going on with this industry with women. And I reached out, never met her before, and I said, hey, can we have a conversation? And so we got together, and she said, let's do a mastermind group. Let's do a mastermind group. Let's pull in these awesome, experienced women and try to find a solution for the retention issue. And that's what we have done. We're nine months into it, and we're creating a mentorship program. This is free, and it will be the entire focus is how do we help move the needle for women in our industry. We can bring them in. We see the numbers. We bring them in, but they go, right? So you've got this new crop of folks coming in. But as women stay in the industry, they get frustrated and they leave and the numbers don't change. So our, our goal is to really help, help these women succeed, help them stay yeah, I think there's such an opportunity and like it, you're only limited sometimes by the imagination, but also the relationships you build. Like Carrie's a great example of some of the amazing women that I've gotten a chance to meet in this industry, interview, talk to. And the consistent thread is the, the, the people that really thrive, especially women that thrive in this industry, have a real giver's mentality where they want to see other people thrive too. You know, that, that's really what it's all about. And that's something that, that you live by and you're constantly working towards is helping other women to thrive. You've built your, your network. Tell us a little about that, too. Yeah. So um, 
a few years back, when I launched Wealth Choice, um, I was I was really afraid of messing up a couple pieces like compliance. I knew how to do financial planning, but I didn't know how to run a business. So I found a platform to attach to, and they said, "Hey, Bridget, you're going to pay us percent of AUM, and for that, you're going to get access to custodians. You're going to have some portfolio performance software, and some bare bones E&O and compliance." And I said, "Perfect." then I will just focus on the planning. Well, about a year or so into my business, I realized that what I was paying for was not providing the level of resources I really wanted. Uh, I have a great friend who also has a financial planning firm on the East Coast. We had met each other years before, um, and we kind of had become sounding boards for each other because when you're a solo, you're, you're really alone. You're out there hanging in the wind, and we had become each other's buddies and sounding boards. Uh-huh. And she had said, hey, what if we put together resources for our firms? What if we put together the suite of awesome stuff we share, and by economies of scale, it's less expensive for the two of us. And so we set out to build a platform for ourselves, our own firms. We wanted the very best resources out there, and we spent a good amount of time researching everything. And along the way, we met a lot of other women running solos who said, man, this sounds great. What we're really missing is community. We have no community mm-hmm. piece. And, you know, if you could go to any of these different industry conferences, you will notice that that comes up again and again. You know, I'm in a sea of men. That's awesome. I understand that. I mean, that's the history of this industry. But there is no community of women or women-led um, financial planning firms. So we said, okay, as part of this platform, we're going to create this community piece just bring women together. We have, however you choose to build your business, that's on you. We're going to give you the resources to do it. They're going to be awesome resources you probably couldn't afford on your own, but this is great. We're going to make it really cost effective. And, um, and we're going to have the ability to check in with each other all the time. We bring in speakers. So every Monday there's a community call. You hop on like, hey, this is what happened to me. How would you solve this problem? We have a, a forum we have a really robust community piece that we've built out really to just help each other, empower each other. I have to tell you how I have, have built out and scaled my business is truly because of the feedback from some of the other women on the platform. So we call this Equita Financial Network, and we launched it a few years ago. So with that mindset of Equita, with that mindset of empowering one another, what is it that we need to do in this industry to do a better job of retention, to do a better job of attracting more women to this industry? What have you learned? I think community is a huge piece. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of, I, I, I belong to a lot of industry organizations, mm-hmm. and those, of course, provide a level of community. And I had talked to someone about this a few years ago, uh, you know, a trusted advisor, and he said, Bridget, by virtue of being part of any of these things, you're part of a community. I get that, but let's be a little bit more specific. When you have when you share common values, when you share common challenges, you wind up with folks you have more in common with. And that creates your tribe, right? That's your community. And so I think the industry could do far better if they spent time on this. And, you know, my passion is helping women. And I think any of these organizations could do far better with, with having communities of, of like-minded people. You know, I mean, there should be more communities of women advisors or women solo advisors. I, I mean, I, I'm a co-host for the FPA Women's Knowledge Circle. Mm-hmm. Huge passion. And, and it is in itself 
a form of community, but it's a very small number, right? Maybe we have 30 people who show up for a call. We need to do a better job of creating community for like-minded folks. It's so important. Find your tribe, find your community, and that's ultimately where people are going to thrive. It's been a great conversation. Now, I end every conversation with a question from my 12-year-old son, CJ. Ah. So CJ is a, he loves to kind of, we have these conversations where we'll dig deep and look at look at some background, look at some bios. So we had read a little bit about um, your cooking background there. So I'm kind of excited to ask CJ's question, which is, it's Wednesday night, because yesterday was Wednesday. Um, what would be your go-to thing to cook for dinner if you wanted to impress someone? Ah, I love that you read about that. I have worked at some amazing places. Yeah. So my go-to, God, not so hard. I know. You it's know, like picking which kid you love more. Right. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I, I'm kind of on this beef Wellington kick. I know that oh, sounds wow. ridiculous, but um, I made it for Valentine's Day like a couple years ago, and and that's become one of my, I absolutely love beef wellington. When it's perfectly cooked and it's beautiful pastry, I would say that's, pro- I mean, that's kind of fancy and I'm not that, making that's that every impressive. day. That's an impressive dish there. Like, I like to think I know how to cook. If I tried to cook a beef wellington, it'd be like one of those Instagram, like, <laughs> how it started, how's it going kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, I don't think I could do that one. Yeah. I th- You know, and that's always a head turner. It is. But it's also really delicious. So I'd, yeah. I'd probably say, like, that would probably be my dish. So I would turn my head. I'd be very, very impressed. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. Bridget, thank you so much for making some time to chat oh, with me. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. That was great. Bridget Grimes, well choice. You do an amazing job. Thank you so much. And thank you to our audience. This has been another great episode, hopefully, of Perfectly Integrated. I'm your host, Matt Ackerman, and have a great day. <laughs>